Okay, we're back from a brief break and want to wrap up our Leading with Humor section of this podcast. Uh, we also have a supporting video. So all of our blogs will have an uh, introductory quote, uh, a nice, short, concise blog by, by Mike. And then what we do is we like to search and find some supporting videos and, and in many cases, some tips for our, our, our readers and listeners to take advantage of. So for this, for the Leading with Humor topic, uh, we chose a TEDx event where Andrew Tarvin talks about how he brought humor to the workplace while he worked at Procter & Gamble. Um, I believe it was his first job out of college, and he was so surprised by the reaction he got from his bosses and coworkers. He you know, got promoted very quickly uh, that he decided to start his own company is now a humor engineer and he's using humor to help people become more efficient and effective in the workplace so again you can find the entire blog on our website leadershipraccoon.com uh, also we have on twitter at leadership raccoon facebook facebook.com slash leadership raccoon and lastly the podcast will be available both on itunes and directly from our website so now we're going to move on to our next topic, which is leading with optimism. First, uh, the first thing I want to look at here, Mike, is uh, we, there's, a, there's a sentence in your blog that uh, will be coming out shortly for this week. And it says that optimistic leaders believe that negative events are transitional, not permanent conditions. And I just love that sentence. And it kind of puts in, in, in perspective for me the difference between someone that is always the sky is falling versus someone that says, this is going to pass. I know where we're going. I'm good. Could you talk a little bit more about what you meant? Oh, absolutely. Because the, um, the optimistic leaders uh, will, will hit bumps in the road and they understand that there are bumps in the road. Right. Uh, the, the pessimist oftentimes will stop at each bump uh, thinking, boy, this is, this is not looking good. Um, and they, the optimist really doesn't see any short-term uh, blockages to foretelling anything about what what's ahead for the future because they, the reason is they have a uh, a good vision of the future in mm -hmm. their head uh, translating that down to the their employees um, and th therefore when these things happen when things go wrong and they always do in life in their yep. home life and work life everything uh, they're they're better able to to get around and rebound than the person that's the the eternal pessimist And then one the, the first sentence uh, from our blogs, effective leaders are optimistic, quite simply. But I don't, that's not just a blanket statement. There's data to support the fact that if you're an optimist, you actually are a more effective leader. What are, uh, what are companies, what are the research you've done? What does it show us about optimistic versus pessimistic leaders? Well, it is interesting. If you uh, there are companies out there that learned uh, that do assessments of people for basically leadership attributes, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we know some people really have a knack for this. And I would use Colin Powell as one of the guys yeah. that I really respect. Great example. He's a guy who's a natural leader. Um, and then there are some people that, that really don't. And I've had one of those as a boss. It was, it was a very tough couple of years for me right. uh, because they were really a bad, uh, bad boss. 
But the, uh, uh, and most of us fall in the middle. Um, and the good news is that we can, we can make changes and adapt our behavior, adapt even our outlook, uh, so that if we, if we want to really do want to become more optimistic, we can. We'll get, we can get into that in a minute. But the, uh, the evidence of this is interesting. Uh, believe it or not, it was the OSS back in 1943 mm-hmm. um, came up with the idea that they could assess people and predict future behaviors. Really? Um, and the reason was that the teams that were being parachuted in France in World War II, uh, there were a lot of breakdown uh, among, the, among the groups. The mm-hmm. leaders would prove to be not good leaders, a whole host of things. So, so the uh, psychologists in the OSS went to General Donovan at the time and said, we think we can come up with this. And he mm-hmm. said, go ahead. They did. Um, three weeks later, they went to the farm and, and hammered out over a four-day period um, an approach. Three weeks after that, they rented an old country estate in, um, in where Fairfax Circle is in northern Virginia now, mm-hmm. and they ran the first OSS class through using this technique. Well, that was all top secret, believe it or not. Mm. Germans were trying to do it and failed. Uh, but in 1948, they published a book called Assessment of Men, mm-hmm. men meaning men and women. Um, and it blew the world of psychology away. So um, years later, uh, after that had been digested, companies started doing leadership assessments. Um, companies like Gallup has a, yep. has a big arm. Uh, Talent Plus is another. Connexa, Shaker Consulting. Uh, there are quite a few out there. But the um, interestingly, I talked to Talent Plus and I talked to Gallup about optimism. Mm-hmm. Long way to get to your question. But it, I think it validates in both instances, both those companies um, look for optimism as one of the 10 or 11 big traits that they look for in mm-hmm. leaders. And, and if so, if, I'm, if you were interviewing me, uh, how would you determine if I'm optimistic or pessimistic? If, or would you, would you be able to do that in, in a single setting? Yeah, the, generally the way to do it is um, use... Uh, what's called structured interviews, which are real structured interviews, are backward-looking and behavioral-based. So I would ask you to tell me a time uh, that you hit a bump in the road and your yeah. optimism pulled you through. And if you sit there for a while saying, hmm, uh, mm, yeah, uh, you know, that tells me something. May not, maybe you're still an optimist. You should be chomping at the bit to answer that question. It be an indicator. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid that we tend to pollute that word structured interviews to where it means just ask the same questions. But no, if, you, if they're behavioral-based, backward-looking, you can kind of pull that out. So I think that's a great tip for our listeners. A lot of our listeners are probably you know, in leadership positions. They have responsibility to hire and look at different candidates. So something else you can add to your, your, your toolkit Absolutely. of interviewing. Um, I know in my experience, I think interviewing and hiring is one of the most important things <laughs> that we do is building a, building a strong team. And so you know, we talked earlier about leading with humor, and now we're talking about leading with optimism. So um, if you're... This is not only for yourself, but also for you to apply to your your job. Mm -hmm. Um, Look for these characteristics in the people you hire, even younger people, because they develop into leaders. And uh, in this day and age, leaders are, you know, some of them are 24. This is not not 1950 where you go through the paces and at 40 you're in charge. Uh, Leadership happens very early and we need to start developing leaders earlier. And so if you start to look for some of these uh, characteristics and personalities, and you can match that with a skill set. Man, you're you're in a good 
a good way when it comes to hiring. And that's a great point because it's not just leaders in the old hierarchical sense, but uh, good companies, good organizations will form ad hoc teams to work mm -hmm. on. Yeah, They'll have point. There's program management on small programs, temporary tasks and jobs. You lead a team of two people. Mm -hmm. uh, but optimism is important in all of those. Mm -hmm. And there's a common sense proof if you want it. Let's say I'm your boss. Okay. Okay, Brooks. Uh, we've got this massive amount of work ahead of us that we've got to get done. Um, but you know my boss is a complete idiot. And um, this, is, uh, this is so complicated, I don't see how it's going to work. And, um, uh, but, uh, but if we do uh, write this up and this up, I know we're going to get slammed for it. Right. But follow me. I'm not following you. See there? I'm not. trying to. Pay attention and uh, pretend like you were my boss, and I got nervous when, when you said that. But uh, as soon as you said, "Man, I don't really don't believe this," or you know, I'm, I don't see how we can do this, I immediately recoiled. Why would you follow a pessimist? Well, I'm done. Yeah. I'm tapped out of the conversation. I'm looking at you if right. you're my boss, and I'm listening, not actively, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm looking at you in the <laughs> eyes, and I'm smiling, and I'm like, he doesn't care. Why should I care? Right. I have the next thing that on my plate that I'm going to worry about. So. Great point, and also want to tie it back to our earlier conversation about humor. You mentioned that uh, employees, they can see right through if you're being fake, if you're not being authentic. Exactly. I, think, I think the same is true with uh, being optimistic or pessimistic. If you don't truly believe it, if you don't show it that you believe we can get through this, your people will see. So you can't pretend. Uh, to be optimistic, that will come off as fake as well. Do you agree? Yeah, there's an old joke inside CIA and the science and technology directorate that um, they just discovered, the, the scientists there, that everybody's got invisible antenna coming off the top of their head <laughs> and uh, that those can pick up one part per million of hypocrisy really? in everybody else. So. <laughs> I don't know if you believe that or not, but anyway, we do. We do seem. Say, all right, all right. I, 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 but we do. We do seem to have an ability to to uh, pick up on uh, somebody who's not being authentic, not being real, not being genuine. Yeah. Right. So if I if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm not sure, you know, sometimes I'm positive, sometimes I'm I have bad days. Um, how could you? How do you? How can I better understand if I am truly an optimist or a pessimist? Or you mentioned earlier it's in the middle of the road. So, what, what can I do to lean more towards the optimist and away from the the pessimist, at least from a perception of my of my staff? Well, part uh, first off is is are you a pessimist or optimist in your question? So, um, kind of an easy way to take a quick look at that. Just get on the internet and say, um, am I an optimist? Okay. Uh, or anything like that you Google, you're going to mm. come up with a whole list of simple, very simple quizzes that you mm. can take. Um, obviously, you don't want to take the, uh, the pop uh, psychology quiz, but, yeah. but some of them, um, many of them are very well founded mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, in 10 to 20 questions you can take online, not pay anything, uh, you can come up with some, okay. some good ideas on seeing where you are. Do you, that's the easy way. So if I take that, if I take that I'm, and I'm more on the pessimist side, um, what are some actions I could take to maybe kind of move me, move the move needle up, up a little bit? Because I know I'm not going to be an eternal optimist if I'm you know, I'm 40 and I'm a pessimist. Right. I'm probably not going to change overnight uh, to be an optimist. Um, but how can I start to move the needle so I can at least believe and start to project that optimism and really feel it? 
um, when I'm at work. Well, the uh, interesting thing has been a lot of work done on habit in mm -hmm. the last five years, um, and I wish I had easy answers for you, yeah. but one key, and we'll talk about this in later podcasts, but one of the things to look for is take small steps first, baby ah, great steps, point. right? Yep. Um, I spoke last week at a, a, at a forum on consciousness and awareness in business, mm -hmm. a very interesting group because he had everything from gurus to uh, advanced scientists, mm -hmm. I mean, a really remarkable audience. Um, and we were talking about uh, uh, all these things, plasticity of the brain and, and uh, how do you change yourself and, and so forth. Uh, and there's really some fascinating work being done, for example, on depression. Uh, you could take somebody who's depressed um, and three times a day they have to sit down and write down what two or three things are they thankful for. Mm. And uh, it's, it's really amazing uh, the results that you can get over yeah. time because what you're doing is you're forcing yourself three times a day to focus on what's good, what's right instead of constantly having uh, this angst-ridden right. uh, feelings that you've got uh, that, that pull you down. Yeah, I mean, so I, literally, um, you can do that, uh, you know, get off the screen yeah. uh, a couple hours before you go to bed uh, and, and just think, take a little bit of time to think about those types of things. What worked today? What really worked today? What could be great tomorrow? Yeah. And, you know, it's funny you say that. I, I literally just last week downloaded a new app and I need to double check the now last name of it, but um, it's basically a, a, a way for you to document what you're grateful for. So in the morning you wake up and you say, you know, what do I want to accomplish today? Yeah. And at night you go, what, am I, what was I grateful for today? And, and I've really been trying to focus more on an attitude of gratefulness mm -hmm. and awareness um, being present, being mindful, those are kind of buzzwords, but they're, they're, they're true. I mean, it, your life is um, much better when you focus on the good things versus the bad things. And the media likes to throw, you turn on CNN, it's, I, I turn on CNN as, or any of those news stations as kind of a, a humor for me. Like, okay, what are the 10 worst things going on in the world today? And then I, I don't pay attention to it because I just, I don't need to. There's, there's other things I want to focus on. So I well, think, the, you know, the flip side yeah. on, you, you mentioned an app and I'm going to mention an app that I don't think, can't remember the name of, but we can post these on the site. Uh, but I ran into one this week that is an app that tells you how much time you spend on your smartphone really? for the day. Uh, in, in order to find ways to pull yourself back. Right. Because the, uh, the more you're digitally engaged, the less you're engaged with uh, having rich relationships one-on-one -on -one with people mean a lot to you. Right. I, I, we could probably, so we could do a whole podcast on <laughs> addiction to smartphones. Yeah. Should. My wife would like me to take that class. <laughs> uh, but bringing it back, leading with optimism, uh, I think the, the main takeaway here is even if you're not an eternal optimist, you can start to bring, be aware, being self-aware, uh, again, going back to our theme for the month, knowing yourself, being self-aware and thinking about at work how others are viewing you. So um, your example was perfect, spot on. If you're in front of your peers and you're, you're showing frustration, you're showing that you don't believe you can accomplish a task, then you just lost your entire team. If you really feel that way, you know, I, I, I like to 
escalate things, you know, tell, talk to your boss about it, you, you know, know before right. you get down to your team. Absolutely. And the uh, positivity is absolutely crucial mm -hmm. uh, by a leader in the workplace. And, and people think, well, that's not real because you're under a lot of stress. Well, well of course you are. But uh, and you can you can explain to people that you are under stress when you're under stress. But it's uh, uh, having that having optimism is just a, a signal that we give to other people. We have we trust them and we have faith in them in a way. Because I know we're going to get through this together, right? That that's a wonderful signal to send out. I didn't tell you the hard way to find out if you're an optimist. Please do. You ready? Yes. Okay. It's ask your spouse. Oof. Okay. Okay. I I teach uh, at a couple places, um, a couple of universities, and and I'll always have uh, the students go out and and go. They've got to find two people mm -hmm. to interview um, about their shortcomings. Um, and uh, I teach them how to do that in a positive way, mm -hmm. so it's not a, a disaster when you, when you ask uh, somebody. But um, it's it's fascinating that uh, two people, a close friend um, and uh, a workmate, um, if you if you open it up and you say I'm doing this for whatever reason, um, and make them comfortable, you can really get some good quick feedback. Oh well, you know, Brooks, I think you're an optimist because ba 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 ba, and that's that's accurate because what you're getting is the perceptions of other people, which is really crucial on on this whole thing of positivity. Um, the last thing I'll say is one guy mm -hmm. uh, went out and. Um, had his interviewed his wife and his mother-in-law. He got an A in the course. Mm. Those are, <laughs> those tough, are tough. I was gonna say those, those, those would be tough to get positive uh, <laughs> feedback. But that's probably two people you want to get feedback from. Absolutely. Right? You don't be afraid of that feedback. Yeah. I think that's part of knowing yourself and what we're talking about here today. Um, so wrapping up this section of leading with optimism, we we have a video by Sean. A core. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He's the winner of uh, several distinguished teaching awards at Harvard University. Uh, he's delivered lectures on positive psychology, um, and it's one of the most popular classes at Harvard. Uh, his research and lectures on happiness and human potential have received attention in the New York Times, Boston Globe, Wall Street Journal, on and on. Uh, he travels around the U.S. and Europe giving talks on positive psychology to Fortune 500 corporations, schools, and nonprofit organizations. So we hope that you like uh, that video. I think it's a great compliment to what we're talking about here today. And that'll wrap up this section of our podcast.